Romans chapter 12. Chapter 12 is a dividing point in the book of Romans. Starts out, I beseech you, therefore. In this case, the therefore is in light of the first 11 chapters. Not just the paragraph before. Romans, this is the division here in Romans. The first 11 chapters are doctrine. Paul's teaching doctrine in the first 11 chapters. From chapter 12 on, it's practical application of the doctrine that he's just taught. So let's talk about some practical application tonight. Beyond even just Romans 12, 1 and 2 that you hear me quote so often. I've probably told this church before, but I don't, maybe I have, maybe I hadn't. I learned Romans 12, 1 and 2 in word for word King James in my sleep years ago. Literally. It rolled over and over in my mind all night long until I finally had to get up and find some way to look it up. I, I had to go dig a box and find a concordance. But the Spirit of God literally taught me the, those two verses. And it's a key that he, would, that he would make such a point that I know Romans 12, 1 and 2 like the back of my hand. Say, now I don't believe all that. It don't make any difference if you believe it or not. It really doesn't. It's irrelevant if you believe it or not. Uh, but that he would make such a point, it, it told me that it was an important thing. This was, I don't know, back in the late 90s or probably 2000, 2001 actually. That was beginning to be the turning point of my life towards ministry. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a key to the Word of God and living the, the Christian life. Just like John chapter 1 is a key to the New Covenant. But let's just, let's just read for a minute and see what happens. There's many things in Romans chapter 12 that we've been dealing with and discussing lately. That I've preached about, talked about. So let's turn there. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and that, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But we're going to keep reading tonight. Paul speaking. He says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think more highly of himself, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Let me read that again. For I say, through the grace given to me, I'm going to tell you, for to stand up in front of people and tell them not to think too much of themselves, it took the grace of God, I guarantee you. Amen. <laughs> it 
You know, grace, that God doing in you, through you, for you, with you, what you can't do on your own. He said, said, it took the grace of God for me to write this. For I say to you through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you. Now let me go ahead and start asking questions as we read. Who is he writing to? The church, but in the church, where he started writing to the church, to the, to the believers in Rome. But when he says here, for I say to you through the grace of God given to me, to everyone who is among you. I think that leaves no one out. Oh, you already, I hadn't even, I hadn't even got started and you're already struggling. Because everyone means everyone. So now it's going to deal with us. You know who it's going to deal with? It's going to deal with me. It's going to deal with you. It's going to deal with everyone. Yeah? That's why Paul needed the grace of God right there. Because somebody was going to come after church and say, well, you know, Pastor Paul, I don't believe I got a problem with that. And Pastor Paul's going to say, well, you know, you can think what you want to, but the Spirit of God says you do. (laughs) Yeah. And they promoted him and gave him a raise. No. <laughs> That's not true. And not, it says to everyone, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Yeah. That's the human tendency right there. But to think soberly. As God has dealt with each one a measure of faith. Note that. There's not a human being alive that God has not dealt a measure of faith. I don't have any faith. That's a lie. God dealt to you a measure of faith. Well, how much is a measure? I don't know, but it's at least as big as a grain of mustard seed. I don't know how big a measure is, but it's at least that big. And since it's that big that we know that it's enough to move mountains if you will, if you will act on it. For as we have many members in one body, how many of you know I've been talking to you that we're the body of Christ? That we are many members of one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one in Christ. Where are we at? We're in Christ. How how are we one together? Because we're in Christ. I looked, I heard it, I looked it up, happened to hear it this morning. I told you, 176 times Paul discusses being in Christ. How many of you know that's important? I'll remind you, let me help you. If the Word of God says something, that's pretty big. Hello? If he says it twice, you might ought to take note. If he says it three times... It's doctrine. If he says it 176 times, I don't even know what you call that. A mandate is exactly, that was the word that was coming to mind. It's a mandate in the word of God. And then you know who it's to? Every believer. Every believer, you have a mandate. And in, said, so we are being many, we're one in, in the body of Christ and individually members of one another. 
Some of you don't like it that I'm in your members. And I'm not talking about on the payroll or on the, the church roll. I mean, that makes me part of you and you part of me. Well, I'm stuck with you too. <laughs> Having then gifts differing according to the grace that, w- that is given to us, let us use them. Oh my goodness. I'm already, I'm already, already thinking. I'm already thinking. Because, you know, let me talk about something. If you, start taking the wor- if you start taking the work of the Holy Spirit out of this book, as we do today, you're not going to just remove the book of Acts. You're not going to just remove 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. You're going to start removing the book of Romans. And 1 and 2 Timothy. You're going to remove Titus and Philemon and the book of Hebrews. Mm. It's Ephesians that says Jesus Christ came. What did he say? And he gave gifts to men. Do y'all know he said that? Ephesians chapter 4. Jesus came and he gave gifts to men. Hmm. I'm already feeling a little something. He gave gifts to men. By the way, because people are dumbed down these days and to women. You just got to say it because people don't know that there was a time when, when, when literature was written that, uh, a man, that men and he and all that was gender neutral. That he's talking to you. I'm helping you. I'll just go ahead and throw this out there just to, just to mess you up before we keep reading. He says, having then gifts according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Paul didn't say that according to the, the grace that he's given to me. He's given me gifts. And let me use them. He talks about that we're all members of one body, each the same in Christ. And that by grace given to us, the body of Christ, he's given us gifts. He said, now use them. Well, the gifts are not for today. That's wrong. You know how I know? Because this same writer is going to tell you that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Say it out loud. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. What does that mean? That God gives gifts and callings and he never changes his mind. Absurd doctrine. People you know, when you can't explain it, oftentimes you build something around it. Hmm. Pressing on. I like this part. Let us use them. 
If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that was given to us, let us use them in prophecy. Let us prophesy according to our proportion of our faith or ministry. Let us use it in ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality. You know, you know what? Some pe- you know what I just read, Scott? Some people, God has given a gift of generosity, a gift of giving. Did you know that? And you know what? If God has given someone a gift of generosity, a gift of giving, you know what they ought to do? They ought to give. You know how they ought to give? Liberally. He who leads with diligence. Uh You know somebody who's given gifts of leadership. Wow. He who sows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. You know that, that word hypocrisy in, 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 in the Greek language is actually talking about a, 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 an actor. A pretender, an actor. A false face. He's saying love, be real in your love. Not a poser. Does that help you? Really love people. How many of you heard me say ever, ever, in the last few weeks, this is something that's been on my heart, and I push it, and I push it, and I push it, and I'm saying, and it's so necessary, I say, you've got to love what God loves. You've got to hate what God hates. It's not enough to love what God loves. If you only love what God loves and you don't hate what God hates, you're going to get a deadly mixture, hot and cold, that produces lukewarm at best, what it produces is, is a false gospel. It's really what it preaches. Say, Paul addresses it right here. Hear me. Love without hypocrisy. Adhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Oh. What are we supposed to love? Yes. You know what else we're supposed to do? Hate. <laughs> well, you know, that's the last time you heard that in church from a pulpit. Oh, there's some people that think you're hateful. And some of you must at times have probably been. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying if God loves it, love it. If God hates it, oh, if God hates it, you just don't talk about it. If God hates it, just don't talk about it. It'll be okay. Just love what he loves and don't talk about what he hates. No. There there is something that he says here. Look at the language of what Paul uses. That's abhor. That is a a heavy word. Not not a passing word. Don't like it a little bit. And and it, it implies an effort. Well, let me, hit, let me teach you something. My English teacher wife is right here. I believe that word is a verb. Okay. Strong. Strong. 
Think it's a verb. That's action. And whore, what is evil? I find that word interesting. Cling to what is good. Do you understand? Do you hear the implication? What he's saying? Because what is good, you know what that tells me? If I had to cling to it, that what is good is always trying to get away from you. Somebody's trying to take it away from you. Somebody's trying to shut you up. How many, if you click, in today's world to do what is good, somebody's always trying to tap you down. Lower the volume. Push mute. Keep that at home. Keep that in your church. Cling to what is good. You know, if I, if I, <coughs> I, I've been in places before where we, I've done dumb things. I already told you that when I was a kid. I prefer to think it was all back then. <laughs> she ain't helping me. I'm coming over here. Steve don't talk to me that like she does. Y'all don't hear it, but she talks to me from the front row. I've been in a few things where I got into something that I had to cling <laughs> to keep from getting killed. You ever done dumb stuff like that? I ain't going to tell you about it. But I've had to cling a few times. You know, that was an action. Cling says something. You ever seen a baby cling to its mama? What's it, what's it look like? I think if I have to cling to it, something's trying to pull it away. Or you're trying to fall. Or you're, yes? Yeah. Be kindly. Affectionate to one another. With brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. That's God's people. Not lagging in diligence. Oh. I'm just laying scripture to some things we've said the last few services. You know, it's because pastor's radical. He's radical. I'm telling you, your pastor's radical. And I say things and it upsets the apple cart. When I've been reading, I thought, oh, what the, oh there it is. I'm radical. You know, I'm just crazy enough to believe the Word. I mean, it gets crazy. When you start believing the Word, you're going to get crazy. Not lagging in diligence. You've got to be diligent. Not running by, not behind it. You, you, it not lag, don't get behind. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right you got to keep on the firing line. Don't lag in diligence. Fervent in spirit. I've been talking about it. Fervent. That's, that's not casual. Talk about how you serve God, how you live for God, how you offer. You're a living sacrifice. You, did, there's a, you don't always want to do. 
You don't always want anything. It's a sacrifice. And it's not optional. It's not casual and it's not passive. It's why I say you got to praise it. Praise is not, it's not a, an option. It is a command. And praise is not silent. Praise has a voice. Praise has a sound. Praise, and, he, and he's worthy of every praise. And praise is for every believer. Be fervent. I said, there should never be a quiet prayer room in a church. I'll remind, fervent in spirit. Let me remind you of something. That the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He's looking for fervency. I'm telling you, desperation. And clinging to. And loving. That's a verb too. By the way, love is a verb, not a feeling. When I love the things of God, it's action. When I hate what he hates, it's action. When I, I have to, when I abhor what he what is evil and cling to what is good, I'm holding on to it, even though it's constantly trying to be ripped away. Not I, I'm I'm not lagging. I didn't take the day off, the week off. <laughs> you know, some days I get out of bed and I am lagging. Not as bad as other people I know, but I do lag sometimes. I see some of these people come in the door down here, and I think, Lord, are they breathing? In the morning? Sometimes I leave the, sometimes I leave the door unlocked when I get home. So I don't have to get up and let the rest of me in when it gets there. <laughs> Not lagging. Tell her later. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. I'm preaching to, I'm preaching. I'm just reading scripture, but I'm preaching. Because I see it, you know, it's not just that crazy preacher, Jeff. It's not just, well, I, I, you know, the preacher wants, wants people to do this. The pre- no, the Word says. When you're in Him, you ought to be fervent. I want to say it again. Well, that's not who I am. You know what? It's not who any of us were when we were lost. It's not who any of us were when he found us. It's not who any of us are naturally. It's not who any of us are naturally. If it come natural, let me help you. If it come natural to us, Paul wouldn't have had to write about it. Well, go on now. Why don't you go ahead and preach? If it come natural to anybody, if it was the natural human position, even for the believer, he's right, who's he writing to? Believers. He's saying, you got you got you need to, God gives gifts. Use them. Whatever gift he's given you, and he has. God hadn't given me no gift. 
You're telling on yourself when you say that. Let's go back there. Some of them are looking at me. You're telling on yourself when you say that. That's what I'm going to say about that. Because God said he has. He says every member of the body, we're all members of the same body. We're all members within ourselves. They don't, he said we don't all have the same function. He said, but I've given something to all of you. Use it. Use it. Well, what is it? I don't know. Well, he said, I don't got any gifts. I, well, you're telling on yourself. I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. You're telling on yourself. And by the way, you're calling God a liar, just so I can tell you that. I thought, let me just throw that on there, because he just said, I've given you gifts. Each one of you, they're different, they function different, but the body needs all of their gifts. I thank God some of you are gifted cooks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, a full gospel church. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thankful that some people are gifted in the nursery. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, Shy, and others. We still need some of you that are gifted in the nursery. Some of you are saying, Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you're, you're rebuking your gift. I'm thankful some of you are called the Royal Rangers because I'd, 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 I'd need deliverance. <laughs> yep. I need medication. <laughs> but you know what? We need people that are. Those boys need you. Those girls need you in Girls Club. Those girls, those kids up at stairs on Sunday, well, they need you. Gifted. Hmm. Rejoicing in hope. If you, are, if you are born again, who's that? Jesus, let me, Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. When you got saved, you, you, you're not hopeless, you have hope. You should rejoice in it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Paul didn't just tell you to rejoice in the Lord always. He said, I'll say it again. Say it again. How, how often should you rejoice in the Lord? Always. I need my chair just a second because it helps. Visuals always help. I'm talking to church people. I'm talking to you that the church, the, the preacher's not crazy. It's not denominational. It's not feeding his ego. For to think you ought to praise, that, that you ought to respond to the word, that you ought to respond. It's not, let, me, I, I, let me rejoice. You say you're not doing anything exactly. Exactly. Some some of y'all in the back can't see. Well, I'm glad to be saved. Well, tell your face. I mean, some of you could, uh, I mean, 
A smile would be a start. Yeah, I mean, you, you ain't going to hurt. It ain't going to get any worse. He's talking about believers. And he's talking about what a believer should be. Patient in tribulation. Now why in the world did he say that? Because they're going to be some. You know what? For some reason... It comes, and, some, and often he says, it came because you needed it. Man, I don't like the things I need sometimes, do you? Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Continuing. Well, I prayed last week. <laughs> I, come to, I come to the prayer meeting. I, I pray. Continuing. Fairly regularly. Steadfastly. In prayer. Pray until. Well, I, I, I can't. Pray that long. Let's talk about prayer just a minute. Say, when are you going to quit talking about prayer on the 5th and never? 5th and never. That's when I'm going to stop talking about prayer. We talk about prayer, preach about prayer, teach about prayer, pray about prayer. No. You know, prayer, if we, if we, do, if we prayed as much as we talk about prayer, Well, I, I don't have that much to say. Well, I got a few things to say about that. Because there's some of you, me being included, I can talk. I don't know if you know that or not, but I can talk. Didn't need no amen. Wasn't a good time. <laughs> Hadn't got an amen in six months and they amen right there. <laughs> Steadfastly in prayer. I don't know what to say. Well, you ain't had no, you're, not, you're, you're not short on words or anything else. I don't, but let me talk about that a little bit. Because prayer ain't always talking. You got you to gotta talk to pray. And that's what it is, by the way. Uh, oh, holiest thou God of the... Nation of, of the children of Jacob, comest thou now into my life? You know what God's thinking when he hears all that? He's thinking, good grief. Who in the world is, who, who art thou? <laughs> exactly. He said, when you get to Romans 12 and 12 and you start that junk, refer back to Romans 12 and 3. That I come to you by the grace of God, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought. <laughs> Talk to him. I don't, I don't know how long I can. Well, you know, you could start somewhere. 
Just start somewhere. You'd be amazed if you just start somewhere and continue steadfastly. And maybe if you get a little bit fervent. But you know what else it is? Because see, prayer is talking to God and it's a conversation. How many times you hear me say, the Lord said to me. The Spirit of God said to me. Go through the Word. But, you know, Joy Behar may think that you're, that you're nuts by, because you think God prays for you. But look in the world. Who in the world? Look at Joy Behar. You don't talk about nuts. She ain't a joke. She's a witch. <laughs> you say, you ain't supposed to say that. You know what? God doesn't lie about nothing. He knows that she hates the, him or the things of God. And, they, and you know what? I don't mind saying it. She's evil. I don't know why I got that. No, no, God talks to people. You get in his word and you start talking to him, he's going to talk to you. He'll speak through that book. You know what he'll do if you get alone with him and get quiet and you talk? You know, there ain't nothing wrong. Sometimes, sometimes it needs to be cut. There's some people I get around every once in a while that we're having a conversation, but you know what? I'm mostly quiet and they're mostly talking. There's sometimes when you go to God in prayer that you need to go in the quietness and shut up. You ever had, uh, I'll call them an acquaintance because they hardly ever work out to be friends. You ever, had a, you ever had an acquaintance that every time you talk to them that, you, that you, you're just struggling for a place to say hello? Is that a conversation? I think again, refer to verse 3. Not to think of yourself. I, I had one guy, one preacher. Man, I'm telling you, I could literally, when, it, when he called or I called him, I, I just quit calling. But he called me and it, I, could, I could set my phone down on the on the bar in the kitchen and go clean the bathroom or something yeah. <laughs> and not even know and just pick it up every once in a while and say uh-huh put it back down <laughs> yeah you could do that for two hours plug your phone up because he's going to wear your battery down sometimes you ought to be listening rejoice be patient in tribulation continuing steadfastly in prayer Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Well, that makes me want to talk to preachers. You know, I've been saying something in staff meeting a whole lot lately. Because see, we pray about things and do it. We don't have programs to, you know, we don't, we don't feed you breakfast because we're cool. And we don't do meal on Wednesday night because we don't have nothing. We, we got so much money we had to find something to spend it on. It was prayer and, and a practical meet. But you know what else it is? You know what? It's not a growth program. It's a pray God for the plan and he tells you what to do. It says distribute to the needs of the saint. You know what? There was a need to make it possible to get here. Take something off your plate between work and church on Wednesday night or getting... I mean, some people get nine kids to church on Sunday morning and stuff like that. And it can help. 
you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're helping the Clausen budget and everything else. Uh, you know what it says in Romans 13? That, that the believer should be given to hospitality. And I say, we're going to preach the word, praise, worship. But fellowship, hospitality, is the glue of the local body of Christ. Fellowship is glue. Hospitality. So, you know, and, and it is just as much, and, 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 and when Paul wrote to Timothy about the qualifications for a pastor, you know what he said in, in the midst of all that? You know, he talked about that they should be not a novice and, and uh, in control of their household and all that. You know what he said in the middle of all that? He said, oh, not given to being a drunk and all those kind of things. In the middle of all that, he said, and given to hospitality as a qualification to be a pastor, that they should be given to hospitality. You know what I see? I'll tell you all the time. Because uh, it, it tells me where we're at. I see preachers all the time. Well, it used to be now everybody's got seven unlisted phone numbers. Used to be, but used to they have unlisted phone numbers. What, what kind of, you know, now everybody's in your pocket. But they have unlisted phone numbers. Call themselves pastor. Never done anything with anybody ever. They showed up to preach and they went home. I'm preaching better than you're thinking. I told you, I know too many people that, that, that love crowds but don't like people. There's a problem with that. The body of Christ should be hospitable. To the stranger that walks in the door, to each other. Can we just continue on? I don't want you to lose what we've already been saying. Maybe, maybe we've took too many bites already. I don't know. Because one of the things I want you to know is he said, can I back up to verse 3 just a second? Because he's told us to be fervent, to cling to. He's told us, he's told us to, to love what God, to, to love things that are right, to, to abhor things that are wrong, to cling to the things of God, to be hospitable, to be fervent in prayer, all of those things, and, 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 to, be, and to be rejoicing in, in our hope. Now, can I go back to that's just not who I am? I got to go back to verse 3 because I'm going to interpret it in JRV. I, I come to you by the grace of by the grace given to me of God that you think more you not think more highly of yourself than you ought. You know he put that at the beginning. You know why? Because he was about to tell you what a believer should look like, and and, and people are going to say, "Well, that's not who I am, or not how I do it, or not what I think I ought to have to do, and all that." And you know what? You know what? Verse three. Let me interpret verse three in JRV, and it's JRV is right. It is as right as the Greek. It is right as King James. It is it is it is right as any version you're going to pull up. He's he says before I start talking to you. The first thing you need to know is get over yourself. Oh, I'd write, I'd write that in my Bible. Get over yourself. 
Have you ever heard me say that to our our kids? Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Well, I don't want to do that. Get over yourself. Think of it shouting. He said, I'm going to tell you, why do you think it took the grace of God? Why, why do you think Paul needed, by the, according to the grace given to me by God, to tell you don't think more highly of yourself than you ought? You know what he was telling? Before he even got started, we're fixing to tell you what it, he said, I'm fixing to lay out in a chapter what it looks like to be a believer in, in that quick. What every believer, what every believer should look like and behave like and be like. And he said, so I'm going to have to tell you up front because you're going to say, well, that's not who I am. And he said, before we even get started, present your body a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You're going to have to sacrifice something, and it's you. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, that perfect, and acceptable will of God. He said, and I say by the grace given to me by God, get over yourself. And be fervent, and rejoice, and cling, and abhor. And pray. Now from, from verse 14 all the rest of the way out, I wish he had left it out. But he didn't. It's in there. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. How do I bless somebody that's persecuting me? Oh, that's bigger than me. That's bigger than me. That's bigger than me. That's bigger than you too. Because I know you. Because you're like me. You want to you, you, you get them before you get God. You tap me, I'll punch you. Yay, barely. Mm. I want to say, if I just wanted to read Romans chapter 12, I could have read that myself. Really, could you? <laughs> I'm expanding on it. This is as expository as you're ever going to get. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. What's that mean? Bless them. Bless them. And it didn't, it didn't bless it. Didn't bless it. You know, us southern people, we can, we can say things 16 different ways that mean 16 different things. You know, well, honey. Well, honey. That can mean they're fixing to hug your neck or it could mean you better run. Isn't that right? Let me tell you something, honey. That can mean I'm fixing to give you a gift, or that could mean you better set it on fire and get out of here as quick as you can. Because if you're in my face on the next sentence, I'm fixing it. In Jesus' name. I'm going to feel good about it. I'm just staying where we're at. All right? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Uh, 
let me take it backwards because I can mean, and I know one thing it means right off the bat, it means that I don't, you just go to hell. Somebody, can you, can you say that in church? Can you say that in church? Because, yeah, I know there's been some, there have been people in my life and times in my life, and, you know, I don't know that I was exactly in, right in the, I might have been in the flesh. But in my mind, I thought, I, I can't, you, gonna, you better get out of my face. You, you come on, you just go straight to hell. That's, you go look it up, and I promise you're going to find out that the preacher's not cussing, that the preacher's right. Because there's times that people have done us so wrong that we want them to get everything they're going to get. And part of that is to go straight to hell. And boy, we should never say that. and never, Because you know what? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There has nobody ever been so bad, not the worst man that's ever lived, that we ought to, that we ought to have in a place that we didn't want God to save him and, to, and he be damned for eternity. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. You know what happens when you begin to bless somebody? Now, we think of blessing because we've been, we've, been, we've been influenced by all these. Yeah. That's a good enough word. You know, we think blessing is, oh, let me give you something. You know, I, they gave me they gave me thousand dollars. They blessed me. They blessed me. They blessed me. They gave me a car. They blessed me. Boy, they blessed my life. You know what happens when you know what really happens when a believer, when the body of Christ starts blessing somebody, they persecute you. What you're really doing is you're talking to God about God. I pray that they become everything you want them to be. Lord, it is my desire that, that they start that they live their life in such a way that pleases you. That you would change their heart. Lord, that you would be that you that your spirit would convict them. Lord, that you would do everything that can be done to turn them around. Lord, I pray that they that you use them, that you that you bring them to their full potential in you. Do you know what happens if everybody, if we, if, if people would, if everybody we ever knew anywhere that ever lived would start op- working and operating in the way that God formed them and how he, and what he called them to do, they would no longer persecute me. They would no longer be my enemy. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Bunch of jealous church people. Paul put it in there. You know why I put it in there? It needed to be said. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Empathize with each other. Support each other. Be there for each other. Be the same kind, be in the same mind one to another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. He said it again. He said it again. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Set your mind on the same toward one another. Get like-minded. Do not set your mind on high things. That is human, fleshy aspirations that God was never in. It's, it's goals that God never set for you. Aspirations that he, that he never intended. It's, 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 it's things that exalt you. It's things that exalt you. 
and promote you. That will cause your fall and your destruction. That's just Mark back there. Y'all know him. Y'all seen him before? Don't put your mind on those high things. Verse 17. We're on the verge of praying. Repay no one evil for evil. Mm. Mm. But I want to. But I want to. I mean, after all, they're just reaping what they sowed. Repay no evil for evil. Oh, preacher, that's just reaping what they sow. No, 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 no. When people reap what they sow, it's God who does the reaping. He's the one, he, it's God who gives the harvest, not me. I don't, I, don't get to, I, don't, I don't get to give you the harvest I want you to have. Mm. That's something akin to karma. And it's not the same thing. Ain't no Christian. You should, a, a believer, a Christian, a born-again believer should never let the words karma cross your lips. Karma is not a godly idea. It's evil. It's cultic. Are you wanting to get everything you deserve? Do you want everything you deserve? Because it's of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed. His compassions fell not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Aren't I? I am so glad that I don't get everything I deserve. Don't repay evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If possible... As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Well, that's a big one. As much as it possible. If it is possible. You see, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a conditional preposition. If it's possible. Sometimes it ain't possible. There's evil people in this world. There's mean people in this world. There's people in this world that's going to pull something on you just because they can. Some people ain't going to, there's some people that ain't going to be, they ain't going to get along. But it shouldn't be you. It shouldn't be you picking the fight. Sure, it got quiet down around the end of the chapter. I knew it would. Because if it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with almost everybody. All means all. As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You know what that means? That means when you walk into the restaurant and somebody there that y'all, y'all just seem kill each other, look at each other. 
Oh, all y'all holy people. <laughs> Peggy, I just go to church with holy people. Y'all looking at me like, I ain't never thought like that. That's why I preached to Whitney. We and her understand each other. I need you right there. <laughs> yeah. Are y'all wet? Y'all okay? Is it, you, know, you know what you can do? You can go over there and make a scene just because you can. Because you've already thought, boy, if I, if I get a chance, if I see him again. As much as, if possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You know what that means? You walk in, you say, I need a table for two, and on the other side of the building would be fine, if possible. If not, if we're back to back, I'm going to eat my food and mind my own business. Keep my mouth shut. Leave it alone. Let sleeping dogs lie. This as much as it depends on you. Now, if they attack you, pick up the pick up the chair next to you and crack it over their head. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. Impossible as much as depends on you. Now, if they attack me, I'm going to defend myself. This is as good as any night you've ever been to church. It is. Beloved, he kept saying it different ways. Beloved, you know, he saw the looks he was getting, so he was, he was smooth. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. Oh, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written. He knows how. Let me tell you something. He said, well, you know, you know, can I interpret verse 19 for you? Beloved, do not avenge yourself, or rather give place to wrath. He said, listen, you can handle it, or I can handle it. If you handle it, he said, beloved, do not avenge yourself, but, give, but rather give place to wrath. If you handle it, I can't. But if you'll, but if you'll shut up and sit down and give me room, when I need to, I got this. He says, why? Because it belongs to me. Let me tell you something. Pastor back home, if I didn't learn anything else in the world from him, I learned this. I learned other things, but I learned this. Let me tell you something. Ain't nobody getting away with nothing. Terrible grammar. Powerful truth. You know why I said it that way? That's why he said it. Ain't nobody... Rest assured, hear me, ain't nobody getting away with nothing. 
God knows how to settle the score. He does. He knows how to settle the score. He knows exactly how to settle the score. Don't be like Jonah that when they, we went and re- asked them to repent and they did that you went and got mad about it. Therefore, you know, beloved, don't be avenging yourself. Go back one nineteen. Beloved, don't be avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, finish his mind, saith the Lord. Therefore, in light of what I just said, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. You say, oh, I got something for him to drink, all right. <laughs> no. For in doing so, I like this part. You do too. For in doing so, you heap coals of fire on his head. You can relate to that. You ever had somebody, you, you mad? You want them, you want them mad? And they nice to you? Doesn't that burn you up? Doesn't that just frost you? Doesn't that set you on fire? Oh, the holy bunch is back. Makes me mad. And now, you know what else I think? What are they up to? What are they up to? What are they, what are they doing? What do they want? Why are they being nice to me? Keep them on their toes. <laughs> Do not overcome evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know what? Turns out that there's never a time for a born again believer to be a jerk. You're going to have to help me with that one because you know I'm a jerk sometimes. No amen? That was a concession for God and everybody. Doesn't need this, this Satan. I saw six husbands get an elbow just now. I was watching, I knew it was coming. The only reason you didn't get one is because she's three rows behind you. <laughs> one time she stabbed him in the arm with a pen. I was there. I seen it in my own eyes. Like, I don't mean like. Boop, she, <clears throat> he done good. He didn't knock her out. He didn't return evil for evil. Let me tell you something. We, I'm being little whatever. But I've been exactly right. And I, man, that man, turns out we don't have the right to be mean. And we don't have the right to act like everybody else because everybody else acts that way. It turns out that doing things God's way, he'll handle it. And when he does it, he knows how, and he does it just right. And there's never a time, well, I think this goes all the way back to John chapter 3, verse 8, that whatsoever is flesh is flesh. I don't think that's a stretch. I think that fits exactly together because if I do it, it's, me, it's my flesh. Whatever's flesh is flesh, it's not going to solve the problem. You overcome evil with evil, all you got is more evil. Hello? 
but overcome evil with good. You know what I know? Because light, darkness can never overcome light. Don't know, you can't overcome evil. You can't overcome evil with more evil. You can't overcome dark with dark. You, can, you overcome dark with light. And dark can never overcome light. Can't happen. I can drive a dump truck load into this room of dark and open the doors of it and it'll be light, just like that. Yep. Overcome. Mm. Yeah, that was a lot in one night, but it's early and we're fixing to pray. And you know what else it was? It was it's good. And you know what else? It, and you know what it does? It lays scripture to everything that radical, crazy, wacky pastor has been preaching that says, you know, we got we gotta be fervent. We've got we've got to be we we've got to come alive. We've got to praise. We've got to rejoice. We've got to pray. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to interact with this world. We've got to clean. Because you know why? They need us. And we need each other. This world may hate us and our friends and people around us, this neighborhood may hate us, probably do. But you know what? They need us. They need us. Those kids may say, I ah, quit talking to me about God, your God. They need you praying. Don't return evil for evil. Sometimes that looks like when they smart off and lash out and you lash back while you little. I brought you into this world now. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was in labor 67 hours. I'll kill you. Bless them and do not curse. Little wretches. This is who we're called to be as the body of Christ. And you know what? It looks nothing like the world. <laughs> 